Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. My name is Michael Lejeune and I will be your host today on Game Changers. Joshua Frank is also with me today as my co-host. As a quick reminder, this episode of Game Changers is sponsored by Federal Access. Federal Access makes beating your competition easier. It can improve your proposal win rate by 42%, and it comes with a no BS guide to winning government contracts. If you want to learn more about Federal Access and how you can win more government contracts, visit the website today at www.rsmfederal.com forward slash FA. And I want to get into this episode by welcoming our guest, Belandra Foster. Belandra is the president of BB Foster Consulting. So welcome to the show, Belandra. And if you could take a minute here and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company. Hi, Mike. Hi, Josh. How are you? Um, again, I'm Belandra Foster. Company is BB Foster Consulting PC. I'm a licensed civil engineer. My company is based in North Carolina, and we provide civil engineering, inspection, program and project management, contract administration, and compliance assistance, and also utility engineering. Uh, a little bit about my background. I'm a civil licensed civil engineer in uh, several states, and also our company is 8A certified, small business, and disadvantaged minority and 100% woman-owned. Uh, a little bit of my background includes I was um, a utility engineer for state DOT earlier in my career, um, handled all southeastern Michigan utilities and the permits for all the co- uh, contracts and work done in the state right away. Former director of highways and streets appointed by Mayor Maynard Jackson where we're in preparation for the uh, 1996 Olympic Games. Oh, wow. And also my former company that I uh, was president of provided inspection services, program management, and DBE and supportive services technical assistance for over ten years. Wow, that's a little bit about me. Wow, that's <laughs> well, that's pretty impressive. You know, I I just given the state of 
of Michigan and, and their finances, I have to wonder, you know, you got to be, you get to break into government contracting through a pretty tough state, I would assume, or, or did yeah, you, or did you find tough. it easy? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, company actually was, uh, early, the, my former company that I started and headed up was, um, USDOT, uh, MBE of the year early and in the um, late nineties, late, yeah, late nineties. And actually, uh, we were DBE of the year for state DOT. So we got a few awards, and then I decided to move on from Michigan a few years ago, and I'm in North Carolina now and started BB Foster Consulting here in 2014. Yeah, yeah. You, you hadn't gone through enough suffering in state government, so you went you went to the big boys in federal government <laughs> to go through some really, really hard times. Yeah, it's so hard for a lot of people to make that jump, you know, and, and you're doing that and doing it successfully. So that, that's pretty awesome. You know, you mentioned you have your 8A certification. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and I'm just curious what your take on the process for getting that. What was that like? Was it painful? Well, it, it was I wouldn't say it was necessarily painful, but it was just, it took time and patience and perseverance. I actually applied um, a little bit earlier. You're supposed to have uh, two years. Your firm is supposed to have been in business two years. But because of my past managerial and project experience, I made sure that when I, since I was applying early, I um, noted the experience very distinctly. I actually applied, I believe it was November of 2000. 15 and I got notified, you know, through several, you know, through actually a couple of iterations um, that on the first week of February of 2016 that I had been selected to be in the SBA 8A program. So that was very fortunate. But I really, I, I did my own application, uh, even though I got several numerous emails from companies, you know, with um, plans and payment plans to do it, I decided to basically take the initiative and go after it myself. So I just really took my time, um, met with my local procurement technical assistance center, um, asked them a few questions, and then, um, you know, worked with the, the people there. Whatever they asked for, I gave them. Even if they asked for it again, I still gave them the information. And one of the keys for me was knowing you, 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 do, you submit it online, and then you also have to submit your backup information in hard copy. So it's just a matter of being organized and taking time and, and basically, as they say, answering the mail, going through the application and submitting everything that they asked for. And um, I actually would get emails uh, from the specialist that was handling mine, you know, if there was any other information they need. And I made sure that I responded immediately, you know, yeah, <laughs> to you whatever know, they I'm asked I'm sure for. that's key to getting it done is doing that immediately. I think that helped. <laughs> yeah. hey, and, 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 you know, Belandra, something that you did that most companies don't do, most companies – they get the application, right, and they submit it, and that's it. There's no communication. Um, so I have a question for you. You were able to do this process without paying somebody to do it, doing it yourself, and you got it done in three to four months. Would, in terms of your success, how much of that do you put at the feet of just over-communication and just nonstop emails and calls I mean, did you call, you know, once every day, a couple times a week? No, actually, I didn't really call. I November was when I submitted, but 
prior to that, I took my time putting everything together. I, I mm, went through okay. the application, you know, compiled all the information they requested. And then I actually submitted it around, I think it was around November. But there was probably about three months that I took just making sure I had everything together and then submitting it. And then they correspond with me. And then the first time they actually send it back and say, okay, you know, so this is what you still need. And if you submit it back to us within this time frame, which is typically a pretty short time frame, then just submit it back. And I made sure I did that. And then the next time, the next correspondence basically was from them to me if there was anything else they needed. And one of the keys is making sure that your application is not only detailed but organized where it's in the order where they request information because that makes it easier for the specialist with the SBA to go through your application. But I took my time prior to submitting it to be careful to have what I hope would be everything that they asked for because they're very detailed. As you know, the federal government is very detailed in what they're asking for when you apply. <laughs> so, right. right. Yeah. It's one of those things. People overlook something as simple as follow the directions and list out things that, you know, that they're asking for. Don't just submit whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really simple stuff. And, you know, you hinted on something there, that I think a lot of people need to, to make sure they hear. You talked a lot about your experience in submitting this early. And I think, you know, that comes down to past performance. And I think a lot of people overlook their past performance and think, well, how is that going to map over to the government or getting a certification or whatever? And you didn't overlook that, whether you thought of it as past performance or not. Taking that past performance, all your success, all your experience, and mapping that into this document you know, shows that three months of dealing with the government people, three, four months, and, you, and you've got the certification. So I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's a great question, Mike, because um, I knew that since I was applying early, I needed to really um, detail my past performance. And keep in mind, the projects that I had worked on, a lot of them were federally funded. They weren't necessarily federal contracts with, from the federal government, but be, with, because it was like state DOT inspection services, um, technical assistance, most of the state, county, and city contracts that I had worked on, I would say at least 80 to 90 percent had some federal funds. Hmm. So I just pulled in all the experience and um, detail actually what I had done and what I had managed and what my staff had done. So I was very careful to detail that information, too, because I knew I had to because I was applying, you know, earlier than the two year. Yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. I, I love that, especially looking at contracts that, again, most people look at that and say, well, I only had state contracts. But, you know, you had the intelligence to look at it and say they were federally funded. So it doesn't matter how that was done. So that's that's brilliant. I, I really, well, as really I like say, that. experience is experience. <laughs> <laughs> experience is experience. That's yeah. right. And well, and when and it's all about positioning and how you frame it for the government for them to say yes, we'll accept it or no, we won't. But a lot of people won't even stretch it to say, let me take this experience and see if just put it in front of them. I mean, that's that's really awesome. Just taking the the risk to put it out there and them accepting that is really good. So, so here's, here's the big question. If you had to do it over again, would you do it yourself 
or would you have paid somebody to do it for you? Oh, I would have done it myself. I wouldn't okay, do that good. differently. And one of the re- also um, the cost, you know, starting up. Most people when they start up a company, at least in my case, don't have an abundance of funds. And the cost figures that I was getting for someone else to do it were pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, in, in the, with a startup firm, you know, and not having to take funds from somewhere else, some other. Co- I just didn't want to do that. So looking at the cost and then just looking at what they require and just saying, you know what, if I take my time, I think I can do this. And if I have questions, I know where to go to ask the question. I, I have to ask this question, Mike. I, I'm, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I can't help myself. Landra, how much were companies going to charge you if they were going to do it for you? I think I remember seeing like anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I, I was not expecting you to say that. I was thinking fifteen hundred to three thousand or something like that. That's that's a big number. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing. I remember seeing. I know. I remember seeing some five thousand, but it seems like some of them were you know between five and ten thousand. I don't remember any in just like the two or three thousand. Yeah, you know, so. and, and and you know. Not, not to continue too far, much further down this, this rabbit trail, because we got a lot to get to with teaming and stuff like that. But I think this is a really important discussion for a lot of people listening today. You know, when it comes down to this and, you know, using other people to do it, doing it yourself, not only did you save a lot of time and money, I, I think you would have been really disappointed had you hired somebody. Because I've worked with people who do these sorts of things. And what I've found is they send you a lot of the information and you've still got to do the heavy lifting yourself. So that's the other thing I thought about too. Yeah. yeah. My my advice would be approach it like you're writing a proposal. Yeah. Approach it like you're writing a proposal. You know, answer everything they ask for, submit everything they ask for. And then if they have, but the only difference is your outcome will be getting your AA certification. (laughs) That's no, like not, getting your contract. You yeah, know. yeah, that's brilliant. You know, now, hey, Mike, uh, if I can put a closing comment on it, I do want to play devil's advocate for a minute because for some of our listeners, they don't have the time. They're so engaged in the strategy, uh, a project, whatever it may be. Uh, it, my personal opinion, right, just mine there is a need for some of those companies out there and some of those companies do provide some amazing value i asked about the pricing because you know i've been doing this for for 25 years and you know i've seen pricing anywhere from 1500 all the way up to $25,000 and and i would say the sweet spot for an 8a is probably somewhere between 3500 and maybe 5k but we always, and Blondra, we purposely didn't say it to you, we always recommend that our members start on their own. So even if you think you want to outsource, still try to do it on your own first because there's a massive level of education and potentially uh, savings in, in, in your cash flow. Yeah, no, that's, that's a big, big deal. So, so in your opinion, what did you see long-term that would be the biggest benefit of having the 8A? The reason I applied for the 8A was to, you know, in starting this new company, uh, I had 
worked on numerous, say, you know, state contracts over the years. Because I've been, you know, I've had my own company since the late 90s. And I really wanted to find a way to open doors to the federal market. Um, in looking at some of the companies that I worked with in the past, some of the larger companies, some of them worked on federal contracts and some did not. But in my research, what I found was that the federal market space was a space that was pretty wide open and a space that I thought that my talents and the, the talents and the background and the types of mixed codes and work that my company and I had done and had experience in for my staff would be good to look at the federal market at this point. And uh, so that's one of the main reasons I made the decision to at least apply for the AA is to open up that space to the huge federal market of opportunities. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's good. You know, before I get into the teaming stuff, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, just like having a GSA schedule, they feel like, you know, if I go get an 8A, the, the money is just going to rain down from the heavens. I literally, I, I get this, I put it on my website, game over, we're going to win a lot of contracts. And and people think that with GSA schedules too. They think they go get their GSA schedule, money's just going to kind of fall down from the heavens. I, what are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on still having to do all of the other stuff like communicating your value and marketing and all those kind of things. What, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when I, when I got the AA, I, I just, I wanted to get the AA, but then I knew, and even in talking with people that then there's still work. That's where the real work begins, you know, letting people know that I'm out here and what I do and establishing those relationships. Because what I found is that, you know, in my career, you know, that I've had up until now, you know, I want good teaming partners and teaming partners that want to do a great job and want to perform ethically and on time and, you know, provide a good service to the client. That's what I'm about, you know, and what I found is that, you know, when you do that, the compensation will come when you develop a good reputation. Then I want to find the right clients, the right clients that need my service. It may not be that, you know, of course, every agency, you know, is not going to be the best fit. I also want to find the best fit and the best teaming partners. Okay. And then, you know, add staff accordingly, you know, hopefully grow the firm, you know, over the, the next, you know, several years. Because when you get to the AA program, they tell you from day one, you need to have a portfolio portfolio of 8A and 9A contracts. So since I just got the 8A uh, certification approved in February, I've actually also been bidding on, you know, and proposing on more non-AA over the last few months in AA. My time has been spent going to outreach events where, you know, 8A companies are there, but companies that want to team with 8A companies are there. You know, and then I just went to a small business administration industry event, you know, speaking to procurement managers, you know, just figuring out the best way to navigate the system. But my ultimate goal is to make sure I find the best client that could use the services I provide and, and find the best teaming partners to team with to establish a, a relationship that can take us a long way. Right. No, I, I love what you said right out of the gate. 
how you know the 8A certification is kind of like where the the hard work begins at that right. time. So, I mean, like yeah. you have that now, you can start the hard work because yeah. there's so much more to do. And uh, we we always talk to people that are discouraged. They've had their GSA schedule or whatever it may be. And they're like, I just, I don't understand why I'm not getting anything. And you seem to understand that going into the process. And, and you've talked about your experience with the state level. So you've got a lot of government experience here to, to, to build on, to understand this is just the beginning. So, so I, I really, really like that. So you started to talk on the next piece here, which is about finding teaming partners. You know, when you are out there looking for teaming partners, what is it about being 8A in your mind that, that makes you an attractive firm to one of those teaming partners? Well, the background is, is a lot of it is my experience of my myself and my staff, the past performance that we've done. The 8A, of course, hopefully will prove to be a plus. But a lot of it is the background and the fact that um, I am a licensed professional engineer in several states. I'm also a, a DBE in several states. And um and located in an area where right now there seems to be quite a few projects, large projects coming up in this region, like southeastern U.S. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that, you know, I look at is that, you know, looking at this region first, you know, but there is, you know, it's not that I'm not willing to look at other parts of the country, but I have to remain somewhat focused. (laughs) You know, there's a method. I tell people there's a method to the madness here, you know. So I'm looking at companies that, you know, want to do the type of work. My primary next code, of course, because I'm an engineer, is um, the engineering services code. But also, I'm, you know, involved in the code that involves, you know, technical assistance, programmer project management, administrative services, because that's all in my background, too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm loving everything you're saying because it's like you're just you're beating on a lot of the drums that we pound on all the time around here. <laughs> and especially, again, right out of the gate, talking about how, again, when I ask the question about your, your 8A, most people will say, well, the value to the prime is that I'm 8A. You know, and I'm like, no, that's not. And, you know, and you hit on your past performance and experience, which is exactly what people need to get through their head. So if you're listening today, you need to hear what she just said. Rewind it. Listen to the fact that she said her past performance and experience, not her 8A, is what's going to make her super attractive. I think the 8A is just kind of like the icing on top, right? I mean, that that's what that is for you. It, it's just it's leverage with those guys, but it's really your past performance in your experience, it's been huge. So, so why don't, why don't you talk uh, a little bit more in detail about what your experience has been looking for some of these teaming partners, JVs, things like that. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, where you've been looking, how you've been looking, maybe some of the interactions you've had so far. Um, okay. and if, and if you got any in the works, you don't have to mention names, but you, maybe you can mention like kind of how some things came about or something like that. So that's a great lead. And I was just thinking about, I, um, even before I got the 8A, I would go on FedBizOps and look and stratify the data where I could see projects that are coming up in my locale, you know, different types of work. And now that I have the 8A, and even before I look at like things like sources sought, and what I'm finding out is you're just navigating the system, you know, to respond to sources sought. And then getting to know some of the procurement managers, I just attended an event in Atlanta where I was able to meet 
various procurement agent um, uh, managers with, say, the Department of State and, you know, um, various agencies, even GSA is there, even though I'm not, you know, planning to do GSA right now, uh, but um, just the various agencies and agencies that I wouldn't have normally thought that they would have work, you know, for my background. But in talking to them, it's like, you know what? You do do various things, you know, that, that I would, that I could do that my company couldn't get involved in. And then I've actually had meetings, um, at say like Fort Bragg, you know, and, and getting to know what they do and what they subcontract out and how to navigate that. And I was referred to them to look at the Army Corps of Engineers. So that kind of let, you know, let me in a little bit different direction. So I've actually been able to meet someone from the Army Corps of Engineers in the last couple weeks, you know, to help hopefully set up some talks with them. So right now I'm kind of in the phase, Mike, where I'm looking at the best opportunities. Because when I did my business development plan for the 8A program, you kind of develop a strategy. And some of the agencies I was looking at them, and, and still now, but haven't really been exposed to them yet, is our um, FEMA, HUD. I really would like to talk to them even like Homeland Security. So th those are some of the agencies that I think that I really could offer, you know, services from my background and past performance. But it's just making the right connections. I've attended several SBA um, events, uh, cost proposal writing, uh, marketing capture management, um, proposal writing and cost estimating. That Those are two different ones. Um, various SBA events. So... Right now, I'm just kind of really beating the bushes, you know, getting out there. Some people, <laughs> there's a few people that are afraid of me. We see you everywhere. You're just the hardest working person. I'm like, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep keep my energy up, yeah. drinking my energy, my, my fruit smoothie every morning to keep keep myself going. Yeah. But right now, I'm in the phase where I have to be energetic and, you know, just trying to find the right partners. And I really believe that once it starts coming together and I can get those first couple contracts, I think things will, you know, even out a lot better because I, what I hear is that once you get in there and do a good job, it becomes, it gets better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so Ab absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Once you win a contract, everything gets better, you know. And you know, you're 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 talking about a lot of things that are right out of our playbook when it comes to how to market to the government. With you know, step one is actually getting to know your customer. Step two, actually getting to know your competition. And, you know, it sounds like you're doing some of that through VedBizOps, through some of these events. And, you know, the fact that you've got your name out there where they know you as the hardest working woman in that business, I mean, that's a that's a big deal that they recognize you, they've seen you, you've been around. I mean, I met you almost a year and a half ago at uh, yeah, one of the, one of the National Veterans Conferences. Yeah, that, that was a veteran. That was way before the AA. Yeah, yeah, so that that was way, way back. So, you know, you, you've been out there, you're methodically going through this, taking your time. You know, so, so the magic question here as we start to wind down is where's the light at the end of the tunnel? So, you know, you, you've been in this for a while. Do you, do you have some contracts coming up in the next six months you know do you if i talk to you around christmas time do you think you'll have your first contract by then what what are you what are your thoughts on the light at the end of the tunnel for for your company well based on the talks that i'm currently doing between um like i said i actually am going by the playbook that you know the sba has said as far as looking at 8a and 9 8a 
So right now I have actually three non-AA proposals that I'm waiting to hear back on. And I'm looking at submitting on the, the, within the next two months two federal contracts. So it's just a matter of finding those teaming relationships, you know, because there's a couple that I have my eye on that a couple, a few that I found out about, but it's just a matter of putting together the right team. So right now, what I'm looking for is developing the best team to start going after work. You know, I don't mind being a, a prime or a sub. I'm open to, <laughs> to either yeah, way. Yeah. Whatever works best, the bottom line is to get the work. Yeah. What what have been your biggest challenges so far in finding the right teaming partners? The biggest challenge for me has been um, looking at finding the companies that do the type of work for the contracts that I found that I want to bid on. Like, say, for instance, there was a, a, a source of salt about a month ago. I was only into the AA like a month and a half. And I found a source of salt that came down that was in South Carolina. And it, it had a requirement for an architectural firm. Well, I'm a licensed PE, but I'm not a licensed architect. So I didn't have the time to pull it together to submit on the source of salt. And that would have been a prime opportunity that I really wanted to go after, but I just couldn't pull everything together. So that's been my biggest obstacle is seeing something that I know my company could do or participate as a prime or a sub, but the time in putting together the right team. Does that make sense? No, no, that makes, that yeah. makes, that makes perfect yeah. sense. And that's been my biggest obstacle or difficulty or hurdle. Yeah. 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 No, no, I totally, totally get that. You know, and there, there's a lot of great resources out there. You know, you mentioned FBO is a great resource to go out there and not only find more information about your, your current customers, but see who's, uh, or potential customers, but to see who's interested in working on projects like that. Uh, another FPBS, great one. Yes, I think there's an FPDS too that yeah. I looked at. Yeah, that was the next one out of my mouth. FPDS <laughs> is amazing. I love FPDS. Uh, we've done a bunch of training videos on that. If people want to check those out, just email us. But that's a great place to find out who's already won contracts similar to that so you can see all those companies and figure out, you know, you'll know exactly who's really, really interested in that. So we're going to wrap up here. I was, I was curious if you have any final thoughts for our listeners about the 8A program, about where you are, anything like that. And then I'm going to have Josh come back and kind of close us out and summarize some things. So any final thoughts for our listeners about the program or getting teaming partners or anything like My that? My final thought is only don't give up. That's what the, the biggest thing is, you know, don't give up, yeah. you know, and take it one step at a time. Don't look a year down the line. It's like one step at a time, one minute at a time. Because if you try to buy that whole elephant, it, it can become overwhelming. And I've seen some people that apply, and when they got their package back, that was it. They never applied again. Wow. So oh, don't oh. give up and don't get overwhelmed. No, one step at a time. That's great advice. Josh? You know, I was, I was really pleased to hear um, – there were two things and I would, I would, I'd call them game changers. And I think it's real important that other companies follow, uh, what Belandro was saying. And, and the first one is if you, if you listen carefully, she talked about using FBO in a way that most companies don't. Most companies just use FBO in order to bid on opportunities. 
Yeah, Belandra, you were just talking about how you actually find points of contact. You find out what agencies are buying, what you sell, what services you provide. And then, you know, FBO is just a starting point, And you may not bid on the majority of the opportunities you see, but you focus on educating yourself. And then where are the industry days? Where are the small business events? <clears throat> and you start you start introducing yourself and building relationships. And I think that's a game changer for most companies to realize how else they can use FedBizOps. The second one, this is so important. You know, the 8A program is, is a nine-year program, right? It's not forever. And there are a lot, I don't have percentages, but there are a very good number of 8A companies that go out of business at the end of nine years. And they have, they have a handful, five, a do, six, a dozen contracts, but they're all 8A. And so you knowing and taking the SBA's guidance of you got to focus on both 8A and non-8A acquisitions is so important because if you don't have any 8A uh any non-8As at the end of your nine years, it's like blood in the water and sharks and all the other companies out there take your business. So uh, th my, th those are my two game changers, you know, yeah. uh, really important points. Yeah, no, no, those were, those were huge. So a lot of wisdom today from this, Belandra. I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. And I want to bring you back in six, eight months, whatever it is. When you get those first couple of contracts, I want to bring you back okay. and talk about that process and what that was like and, and getting the light in at the end of the tunnel. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, thank we, you so much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. So I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Uh, just look for Game Changers for Government Contracts contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode you can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official game changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash game changers where we'll have links to their websites bios and any special offers or uh, downloads or anything like that from them and last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program at www.rsmfederal.com forward slash FA for more information on how you can find and win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.